Okay, we are in Sefer Hosea, Perek Dalid, Pasuk Aleph, Shimon Zvar Hashem, B'nai Yisrael. So unlike Perek Gimel, where Hosea leapfrogged in his Nevoah 150 years from his generation to the exiles in Bavel, he spoke to them. Now he reverts in Peredalit to his contemporary uh, people, the people living in Israel in the land of the Aserashwatim, the ten tribes who are about to face their own problems. And he speaks to them. Uh, as we're going to see, it is directed at them, but it is directed with specificity to the Kohanim. He focuses his prophetic ire on the priests, the Kohanim. Why? Very simply, they are charged with teaching B'nai Israel, leading B'nai Israel, being the moral leaders in B'nai Israel. But by virtue of their behavior as Kohanim, they are not anywhere near being the solution. They are the problem. They are corrupt. They are venal. They are not listened to. Rashi, by the way, is one of the few commentators who defends the Kohanim. He says that in truth, they are the victims as well. The people are rebelling against them. They will not listen. They have no status. So it's not totally their fault. But as far as Hosea and really most of the Mephoshim, the Kohanim were a very corrupt, as we're going to see, venal group at the time, completely failing in their task to be moral leaders of the people. During the split kingdom, did the Kohanim rotate at the Beit HaMikdash, like for Avoda, like they, like, like it talks about in, in the If they were in Yehuda, yes. But oh. if they were in, they say some did go through, but most didn't. Most, most were happy not to go, most were barred from going. They blocked the roads, they couldn't go. So no, the Kohanim weren't that they served as Kohanim there. So, says the Navi, Pasuk Aleph, Shimun Adwar Hashem B'nai Yisrael, listen B'nai Yisrael, Ki Riv Lashem. The Kaddish Baruch Hu has an argument with you. I'm Yosreha Oretz, you who dwell on the land. Ki ain't emes, there is no emes. There's no chesed, ain't chesed, um, kindness to another. There ain't das elokim. There is no knowledge of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, as Rashi says there. Ain't yodeyes ha-Kaddish Baruch Hu, umakir bo There's no yiras Hashem. There's no knowledge of Hashem. There's no limut Torah. And in addition, a society that has no truth will also have no chesed to each other. Um... Ella, rather, what is, is kachash, false swearing, the ratzoach, the gunov, killing and stealing, the nof and adultery, partsu, they break the breaches, the domim, the domim, nogu, and blood touches blood. So, Radak tells us in Shimud Hashem that there is a tznai, a conditional relationship between the Kaddish Baruch Hu and B'nai Israel, B'nai Israel's got to hold up their bargain. Let me just read that to you. Uh, I have a, 
I have a complaint, a, a, a taina, as it were, against B'nai Israel. Why, says the Radak? Because I gave them Eretz Israel conditionally. They would do justice. And in return, the consideration would be I would guard it and protect it from the first of the year to the end. And now that they're doing the opposite, uh, I will do the opposite. That which I promised them, I will remove my face from them. It's a deal. They broke their deal. I will break their, my part of the deal. Moreover, uh, because they steal, they thieve, they breach the society, as Hartsu um, Radak says, they break the fence of Torah. And Vidamim Vidamim Nagu literally means bloodshed. As the Radak says, the blood is so flowing on the streets, and the Radak says it's literal. They're killing each other, they're killing people that the blood literally meets other blood. So it is a very terrible situation. Uh, and it has to be Alcane, therefore, Tevala Oretz, the land will stumble. The umlal, it will be like wandering in confusion, This will extend through nature. It will be because you are going to be in uninhabitable. So the land will be uninhabitable. If the lands are uninhabitable, the animals can't inhabit it. The birds of the sky and even the fish of the yam will die because nothing will grow there, nothing will survive there. Achish el Yoruv and also each man, Yoruv, the Ayochach Ishva Amcha Kimrivei Kohen. That the society is so that there is no Tokacha. Nobody can condemn you for your evil. One, you won't listen. And two, they're as bad as you are. So that they, um, Radak puts it very succinctly. Uh, it won't help admonishing the Russia. Because the admonisher is on the same level of evil as the one who does it. So you nullify each other. There's no teaching, there's no correction. You won't listen to it, they won't give it, and they're not qualified to give it. Uh, and you fight, you disrespect the Kohen. Says uh, the Muradak, it's not enough that you don't receive any guidance from them or would accept any reprobation. They active, they're proactive, they're not just passive, we're not listening to you, we couldn't care less what you say. They are fighting them, they are fighting them to destroy them, to disrespect them. Um, 
and you, you just battle with them. And you you stumble before them and you stumble Gamnavi Imcha. Navi Imcha are the false prophets that you have among you. They are of no use to you. Uh, Radak says it, Naviha Sheker. They are the prophets of Misa Imecha. Literally could mean your mother has left you, meaning you are going to exile. You are going to part from your motherland. Um, some say the Damisa has a root dumum, silence. There's just going to be silence. No one's coming to your aid, certainly not the Kaddish Baruchu. Nidmu Ami Mibli Hadas, Kiyata Hadas Ma'asta. You um, have absolutely no understanding. You have rejected any understanding of, of Torah or fear of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. You have forgotten me, you have forgotten the Torah. And just as you have forsaken me, I will forsake your children. Because they have for the most part, sinned against me. How, how does this, how does this um, reconcile with the idea that the ten tribes will eventually be brought back? If Hashem is saying, I, I forgot, I'm forgetting your children, meaning to me, I'm listening to this and it sounds like you're going into exile and you're just disappearing. That's what saying. Moreover, we're going to see a strange theme He's saying, don't even do anything. Don't tell them. Don't try to prophesy to them. Forget them. Write them off. Then we assume that later in Achris Yomim there's tshuva. But for now, yeah, they are written off as written off as can be. And they, but they're not, they're, they don't even know that they're Jews, the descendants of the ten tribes. How do they do tshuva? How does that happen? In the Mashiach. That's what we believe, that the Mashiach will bring an era of Shuva. So, Kurumam came chatzili kvodam bekalon amir. Interesting sense, Kurumam. The more I gave them, the more wealth, the more riches, the more prosperity, that's in proportion to how they sin. Kvodam bekalon amir. They are dissipating anything they had in respect or uh, appreciation. They are just humiliating themselves. This is a fascinating concept. The sins of my people, they will eat. They're talking about the Kohanim. And for their sins, it's as if they can't wait the Kohanim. Why? Because the Kohanim get the Korban Chatas. They bring their Korban Chatas from sins, and the Korban Chatas goes the most part to the Kohen. They eat the meat thereof. They have a vested interest in B'nai Yisrael sinning. Um, Rada, let me read it. El Avon HaOm Yisua Kohanim Nafsho. They can't wait. Omrim, Masai Yichta, when are they going to sin? And they will bring the chatas, the sin offering, and the guilt offering, and we'll gorge ourselves on it. Very strange thing. They, they have an incentive in the people sinning, not uh, 
repenting. And the nation reflects the level of the Kohanim. And I will visit upon it their sins and I will return it to them the way they have behaved. And yet, even in your society of wine, women, and so gorging yourself, you will eat, you will not be satiated. He's new, you will commit all kinds of znus and adultery. You will not multiply. Now, what does that mean? It means that your relations are going to be the forbidden relations with uh, non-Jewish women. There will be no children thereof. And if there are, they will be mamzerim, not considered. Yes, Hashem They have abandoned the Kaddish Baruch Znus, whoring, v'yayin, wine, v'sirosh, a finer kind of wine, ultimately takes the heart away. In other words, wine, women, and song ultimately destroy the person. Interesting metaphor. My nation seeks its counsel from wood and seeks advice and divination from the rod, from the stick. What are we talking about? They're talking those Avoda Zara icons are carved out of wood. They're nothing more of wood, and yet you go to them seeking counsel and what to do. And Yishol of Nakela, the Rambam tells us they used to use the rods as a form of Avoda Zara, either putting them in the ground or laying them in a certain position, and that would counsel them what to do, and they would believe in it. They are telling you what to do, the wood icons and the, the rods. Because the spirit of znus and adultery have led you astray. And has led you away from the Kaddish Of course, the adultery here could be both literal, and we know that adultery is usually the form of metaphor for betraying the Kaddish Baruch It could be both. On the tops of the mountain, you offer your sacrifices. We've learned that the Avodah Zorah was usually most propitiously offered on the top of the mountain. The plateaus, the lesser mountains, you divided the function. You uh, slaughtered it above, but you gave the incense and the other accoutrements below. Tachas alone, under the tree, ulibneve eila, all kinds of shade, kitot sila, because the shade is good. Yeah, in other words, you did it in shade, the Torah says. And so therefore, your sons, they committed znus, and their wives equally were guilty of adultery. Lo kod al and says the Kaddish Baruch I'm not going to punish your sons. Kisiz neno, v'akolosechem kisina atto, and on their wives, your daughters-in-law, because they have adulterated themselves. Kiheim am znus, they are a nation of znus. Ipardu, the am hekdeshos, they are a nation of just um, sinful, snus people, people who just are into their own lusts, their own meretricious pursuit of libidinous, licentious behavior. And 
what the Mephorshim say is we know that the Soto, the rights of the Soto, where she's accused of her husband of being adulterous, they bring her to the base Hamikdash when she denies it, they give her that concoction of water and they erase the shame of Hashem's scroll and she drinks it. If it affects her, she was guilty. If it doesn't, she is free. She must be taken back by her husband. But um, what they're saying is at a certain time, the Gemara tells us they had to stop Soto. Why? Because the drink was no longer effective. It was no longer effective because their husbands were doing the same adultery they were accusing them of. And if there is a concomitant adultery by the husband, the soto water will not work. So at that time, they had to discontinue the entire ritual. And that's what Yifradu um, Imakadeh, they had to stop the entire ritual of soto because of the male counterpart. In other words, I will not even punish them. They will be stumbled on their own. Now, very interesting. If you are going to go through snus and adultery and betrayal, don't blame, don't incorporate Yehuda. In other words, Yehuda is going to get a pass here as opposed to the ten tribes. The Al-Tavo, and you, Yehuda, don't go Hagilgal. Gilgal was the first Mishkan where they crossed, which was where there was Avodah Zarah, a plenty, was where uh, Yeruvah, when he set up the two golden calves, sets up one in Gilgal. The Al-Talu, base oven, don't go to base oven, which oven is another name for Beit El, where the second ego was. The Al-Tishra'u Hashem, and do not take false oaths, Yehuda. In other words, steer clear of these brothers to the north. Don't go there, don't follow them. You are exempt from my anger at this moment. Israel is like a fat calf that is wandering in the field with no, it will have no discipline, it will have no, it's out of control. Who's now going to make you like a soul wandering lost calf in the meadow with no, dis, no way to get food, no one to care for it. Um, that you, Ephraim, uh, leave them. Leave them to their gods. Do not even bother correcting them. Kilo Yoel, the Radak says, it's not going to help them. That when he turns on his end, it won't help. If there's no tochacha, nothing's going to stop it, and therefore the Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, will not deal with them at the time. In other words, nothing. Chaburat Savim Ephraim Hanachlo, leave it. Source for Am Hazenu Hazenu Ahavu Evu Kolom Miganeha. The znus is so great around them, the abominations, the adultery, it's going to just lead to their total humiliation. So they have been picked up by a wind. They are in the wind, out of control, aimless, 
headed into exile, on its wings, the Yeshu Chacham, they will receive tremendous humiliation from all their evil, from all their idols. So we end on a very despairing note to the point where the Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying, don't even bother talking to them. They're beyond prophecy. And so we're going to see, we continue on this vein, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow. Be there, Ad Khan.